Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back, beautiful human beings of the world, to yet another amazing episode of Yet Another Podcast. Your boys, Summit and Thunmit, we are back. What up, Summit? What's going on, bro? How you doing? I'm hanging in there, brother. It is the 1st of September. It is officially fall, I guess. When's the first day of fall? First fall doesn't actually start till the 21st 22nd something like that first day of fall 2020 oh shit yeah it's not like till mid whatever i meet for me september 1st is the official day of fall <laughs> <laughs> you know historically it's like when school starts you know it's like it's that feeling yeah exactly yeah. kids are back in school now apparently uh this is weird man people are actually like moving into their dorms and shit i didn't think that was gonna happen meanwhile my mom is like teaching virtually yeah. uh, through zoom uh but i'm hearing about a lot of kids that are starting college now and they're like moving into their dorms and shit so that's weird interesting yeah are, are we just like saying that oh yeah covid doesn't doesn't really affect college students <laughs> well here's the, here's the thing right so the students that have already started school and they're in dorms and yeah. if a covid outbreak happens apparently it becomes more risky to send them home as opposed to keeping them in at, at the school For, i don't know how they determine that but i was reading something about that earlier interesting because there's been a few other universities where they've had outbreaks and in the first yeah. week they've shut the school down right and then for yeah, younger students imagine like elementary school students, middle school, high school, whatever, um, a lot of schools are giving their students uh, their a choice as to whether they want to be virtual or that they want to attend classroom right, uh, classes, right. whatever, right? Um, but I think that most people that I know who have kids in school, um, they're all opting to just be virtual because, like, why risk it, right? Right? Why take yeah, the chance? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, if hey, if I'll give you this piece of advice. If you are a entering freshmen um don't bother going to the university where you're going to pay two times three times as much for tuition credits right now when everything is virtual anyway when all the classes are going to be virtual whatever pay like half the price of what you would pay for the university credits and just take those credits at a community college college or online college or whatever and just do that like you just need general elective credits right now so just yeah. fucking save your money save your parents money right like don't don't bother wasting because you're not gonna get the college experience quote-unquote so to right. speak right like that's the whole reason you go to a big university or whatever move yeah. into a dorm is to have the college experience like you're not gonna get that I, I don't you know, know. Is, there's actually even pre-covid there's actually a lot of people out there who choose to go to community college for the first two years and then transfer yeah. to a four-year university after they've completed the two years right because yeah. like you said save the money you know yeah. a lot of people don't come from privileged homes and and you know going to a four-year university isn't always ideal from from a financial standpoint yeah. you know you have to fight for scholarships there's loans grants etc cetera, etc cetera, and you're really yeah. putting your future financial risk or health at risk um so you know you come out of school you have got like a shit ton of loans coming out your ass like fuck yeah, that, yeah. It's, it's a that's a like huge hole to come out of hell um, yeah man i wish like, somebody I have, had told me yeah. that shit like be, but there was like the stigma when i was going to college uh because my brother was already in community college and my friends and stuff i we had seen like so many 
people that were like a year, two years, three years ahead of me go mm-hmm. to community college and just never get out. Like they just yeah. never transferred out. They just got right. too comfortable. They started working jobs and just, you know, it took them like eight years to finish college and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so when I got into a four year university, my mom and my and my brother were just like, no, just fucking go. Like, don't worry about yeah. it. Like, just go. But it. In hindsight, like, it would have been smarter if I had just gone to community college the first two years. It all depends on what type of student you are, right? Like, if you're a focused student, you know what you want to do or what, what your path is or, like, you know, if your motivation is to get to a four-year university, then yeah. you know, doing a, two years at a community college isn't going to hurt you, right? right? You know the caliber of uh, student that you are and you can you know what you can handle. Now, obviously, that, that differs a little bit based on what your major is, right? Like, if there are certain major requirements that are, you yeah. need to make sure that you're, uh, you're covering – sometimes that uh, that route doesn't make sense but for a lot of students it does make sense like if you're, if you're yeah. just figuring out what you want to major in w- within the first two years and you're only taking general education courses right then you know you're good like you, you'll, you'll be all right but for those who are like you know pre-med or engineering or whatever it is right like, then it's a then it's a different story but yeah it all depends on the caliber of student that you are and what your what your career path is um, if you know what it is, right? From the from you're the, right. From the There's job, also right? less room to fuck up because, like, if you, if your yeah. goal is to transfer, that means your GPA has to be good, and your transcript has to look good for you to apply after two years to a to a for uh, to a university or whatever to transfer. Mm-hmm. Versus, like, you know, it, people like me just got into the first four year university and spent the first two years just fucking up. <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah. well, I, I can't get kicked out now. <laughs> they already got me here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you're right. It just depends on what kind of student you are. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's like what a crazy time to be a incoming freshman. Like, what? that is such a unique experience now for, for those kids. Like, that's so fucking interesting. Uh, do you remember your freshman year? Did you do community college first? No, I went straight to Penn State my freshman year. Oh shit, what was that like? Let's it take a trip was, down uh, memory lane. <laughs> it was interesting, man. So I guess the story behind that is this kind of like I didn't really want to go away from New York to go to okay. school, but my mom was like encouraging me because she wanted me to get like you know different experience, being away from home, etc. Right? Um, That's very different from yeah. traditional. They see mom and dad. Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? Your mom's like, go to Penn State. It's a great party school. You'll have fun. (laughs) I mean, that wasn't her justification, but it was just more like, you know, get out of the house type of thing and like do something different. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I appreciated that. And and it was uh, definitely a unique experience. But, you know, unfortunately for me, I went to a school that was in Bumblefuck. Yeah. um, And I just did not enjoy it whatsoever. Which, uh, Which campus did you go to? So I was at Burks in Reading. Oh, that's not even the main one, is it? No. So the way it works is, uh, well, at least it worked back then. I don't know how it is now. But back then, if you were a business major, like if you yeah. knew what you were doing, but it was business focused, yeah. then you would go to a, a um, similar like the community college thing that we just talked about. You'd go to a satellite campus for two years, complete your requirements, oh. have a minimum GPA requirement to be able to transfer over to University yeah. uh, Park, which is like their main campus. Right. But like, I just hated the school. I hated being, I hated Pennsylvania as a state. I'm not going to lie. If you're from Pennsylvania <laughs> yeah. you're listening... Y'all live in a shitty state. I'm sorry. Yo, um, with the exception <laughs> of Philly, though. I feel like Philly's not really part of I that was just part of Pennsylvania. Say, Philly and Pittsburgh, those are cool because those are yeah. major cities. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anywhere in between or around, like, no. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> 
Bro, even sitting on a bus going back and forth between New York and Pennsylvania was the most depressing thing in the world. I can imagine. If Pennsylvania is one of those states where, like, you'd be driving somewhere. You'd be, like, on your way to Chicago or, like, Toronto or yeah. fucking <laughs> Florida. And you're like, what, what's, where the fuck are we? And you'd be like, it's yeah, a, it's, it's a Pennsylvania. Exactly. <laughs> like, how, you know how did you, I get here? Yeah. You know how Why you've got, is this like, state everywhere? <laughs> you know how you've got flyover states? Yeah. It's a drive through state. It's a drive through state. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, man, we found that a new Pennsylvania state to Turnpike hate on. is such a boring drive. Yeah, I can I can imagine. I think yeah, I've been no. on it. Yeah, but anyway, okay. So you get to Penn so, yeah. State, Reading, is that what it is? Reading, Pennsylvania. Yep. Yeah. Or technically, we were in a town called Wyoming, which is what the fuck? Like literally, like literally the town over from Reading. But for some reason, yeah. everybody says Reading. I don't know why. Can we um, talk about? Can we talk about the funny town names that Pennsylvania has? Because I've driven <laughs> past Oral, Pennsylvania. Oh Have you? my God! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've also driven past Blue Ball, Pennsylvania, as well. Blue Ball. Blue Ball, Pennsylvania. I can't. Yo, who came not. up with these names? I'm pretty I need sure to know. this is real. I'm gonna double check this. I'm yeah, yeah. Check your Google Maps. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's real. Oh my god! Oh, it's real. It's real as fuck. <laughs> Is it one word or two? It's two words. Oh my lord! <laughs> blue ball, Pennsylvania. Population one thousand thirty-one. Well, obviously, because everybody's got blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> they apparently have uh, some problems. <laughs> some reproductive issues. <laughs> Some population increasing problems. God, I did not know that was a place. <laughs> There's a place called Shady Market. <laughs> oh, God. Shady. I remember there was a place called Cutstown, and there's like a Cutstown University. Cutstown? Is that like K U T Z, like yeah. a barbershop? Yep, yep. Cutstown? Yep. yep. <laughs> and it's the most rural place in the world. Like, I the funniest like, shit like, is. The bus used to stop there. <laughs> Blue Ball is right next to Goodville <laughs> and Weaverland. <laughs> Yo, whoever named these towns, their vocabulary needed work. Nah, they were tripping on shrooms. Like, whoever's naming this shit is tripping on shrooms. Hinkletown. Yeah. <laughs> Are you just looking at a map of Pennsylvania? Oh, fuck yeah, I am. You know I am. <laughs> Voganville, Farmersville. Wasn't no. that a game, Farmville? Farmville, yeah. Brownstown, Federville, <laughs> Veden. What is this? Adamstown. Oh my God. Churchtown. That's great. No, <laughs> we know what happens there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fucking. And, and the other thing is, there's like tons of Amish people that live there too. Yes. Yeah, and they're all yeah. like, you'd be like driving on the road and you'll see a horse and buggy going alongside of you. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, but shout out Amish people. They got some dope baked goods. Like, they know. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm thinking about right now is that episode of The Office <laughs> where they go to take, uh, get to go to that pie stand or whatever. Oh, the pie stand. <laughs> <laughs> Laverne's pies and yeah. tires changed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, uh, great, great fucking. Pro- so you went. So you went to Penn State. Yes, yeah, so I went to Penn State. How my was that year. first year? I mean, you hated you know, it. You said you I hated just, it. 
I just didn't like it, man. I just yeah. was not in my element at all. Like, I just felt very out of place. And not because I was in, like, a different state. I don't know why. It was just, like, very weird experience to me. I don't know. And, you know, sometimes people, I guess, um, have an odd transition when they're going to a new place. And it's a whole yeah. new environment and doing something completely different. And they're surrounded by But you've always, so always been a New Yorker your whole life. And so, like, That's you the know, thing, right? Like, like I've always been. Going from being a New Yorker to, like, exactly. fuck Pennsylvania. Yep. That's got to be a strange transition. Very, very strange transition. And, you know, like I said, man, not to not to pick on Amish people, but it's an odd, like, thing to see, right? Yeah. Like, you see, there's just farmer's markets, which are just Amish markets on the side of the road, randomly every, like, quarter mile or so. <laughs> That's awesome. This shit just got me hungry as hell. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think about is, like, so we used to go to, uh, so my freshman year, I, I went to um, Drexel in Philly, Mm-hmm. And you know it was a big Lucky. city. Yeah, I know. I know. It was just it was crazy for me. Like you know, went from Maryland to straight to this big city, Philadelphia. Um, and uh, we used to go to this place called Reading Terminal, which was right near Chinatown, yeah, uh, or in Chinatown rather. And um, they used to have a Amish people used to have a bunch of stands in there, and so mm. we would get like the best, you know whether it was bread or whether it was like pastries or fucking like corn <laughs> whatever dude they just had the best baked goods like they just did yeah uh so i loved i, I love that <laughs> and then i used to be like how did you guys get here i thought uh like did you bring your horse here no i'm kidding <laughs> where's your horse where's your horse park <laughs> You need me to move it? Like <laughs> You see a fucking Pennsylvania parking authority guy like giving a ticket to a Running horse. A <laughs> That's interesting though. If they did ride their buggy so they do ride drive their buggies on the road, did the buggies need license plates? No. I don't what no, I don't think so. <laughs> you so you're you're telling me that Amish people cannot get traffic tickets. Like, can you be speeding down the Pennsylvania Turnpike on your horse doing like 80 miles an hour? I mean, you, I'm sure Is you can get a ticket for going just, too slow on the highway. Is the speed limit just for cars? <laughs> There's a separate sign for horse and buggies. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine a cop with a radar gun tries to yeah. hit, hit the fucking horse in the head with his gun trying to figure out how fast he's going? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Do you know why I'm pulling you over? Why? <laughs> your, your horse has expired license surgery. <laughs> your horse has expired tags. <laughs> your horse's tail lights are you out. You made an illegal left back there. But yeah, uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, my freshman year was interesting. Um, I went in actually knowing a few people. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my be- one of my best friends just G. Uh, he was already there. He's a year ahead of me doing pre med and stuff. Uh, Jipkita, another one of my best friends, was already in there. He's the one mm-hmm. that actually got me in because he was working at admissions at the time. Oh, spill the tea. Hell <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a funny story, actually. I, I do want to share the story. It's a funny story. Yeah. I I was going to become, I don't know if I've ever told you this. I was actually going to become a chef, like uh, a full-on fucking culinary professional. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying what a chef is. <laughs> I was going to go to culinary school. Did you know that? Yeah, I, did. Like, I know the story. Yeah. Oh, you know the story. Okay, yeah. I told you then before. Yeah, I was like, this is this, for the audience now. This is for the audience. I was like this close to going to culinary school because uh, in high school, 
I, you know, I was just trying my best to maintain like a 3.0. And uh, we had a restaurant in the school that the students used to work at. So I used to work there. Mm-hmm. We'd be there like fucking two, three periods. Like it would be like a period before lunch, a period after lunch. And then we'd have to work during lunch to serve the staff and faculty, teachers, all that shit. And, um, and you know, people are, people are applying to colleges and stuff. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do. So when I started applying to colleges, I didn't know what I wanted to be or what I wanted to study or nothing right. like that. I was working at Papa John's and I was working at this restaurant. So I was around food. I was around restaurants all the time. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, okay, well, you're not smart enough to be a doctor. Why don't you just become a dentist? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I can become a dentist. So I'm like applying to these colleges as pre-dental with like a 3.0 GPA. And they're looking at me like I'm stupid. There's like, seriously, kid, like you want right. to be a dent? Like I, I'm pretty sure like in order to be a dentist, you have to ha- be just as smart as to be a doctor because like the – yeah study is pretty intensive still right and so um and needless to say i I don't get into any of the schools i applied to apply to like six seven schools don't get into any of them and Mm. out of nowhere one day jappy ims me on aim and was like hey man (laughs) yeah he's like hey man what what are your plans like uh and this point it's like it's like getting close to the end of the year like senior year is about to end i'm about to graduate and everybody's like already gotten into their schools and is like, you know, repping their universities hard and shit, wearing, wearing the fucking t-shirts. And I'm just like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm gonna do. He goes, Well, why don't you do this? He's like, Why don't you just apply to Drexel? He was like, They're literally accepting anybody as long as you apply as a business major. I guess they were trying to get their business school like up and run, like, you know, just trying to get it going. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're mainly known for med and engineering. Like, it's originally, like, uh, uh, that type of school. And they're not known to be a big business school. So they were just accepting people. He was like, yeah, they're just accepting anybody, like, 100% of the applications, basically. (laughs) He's like, just apply. That's really interesting because the person the school is named after is one of the top financial, like, tycoons in history. LeBeau. No, Drexel. Oh, Drexel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So, J.P. Morgan Chase company today that exists uh-huh. today. Back in the day when J.P. Morgan himself started the firm, yeah, he was uh, the firm was bought out or he, he partnered with, I forget the guy's first name, but last name Drexel. Right. With, uh, the same guy this uh, university is named after. It, so And the company was called Morgan and Drexel Company or something along those oh, lines. Oh, interesting. And I didn't know that. Drexel passed away and then he ended up, JP Morgan ended up changing the name. Anyway, back to your story. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he was like, yeah, just apply as a business major. You'll get in for sure. And then you can change your major later once you get in. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you can change it whatever, to whatever you want. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. So, lo and behold, like, I apply. I get in. I show up freshman year. And the dorms are, I kid you not, Simon, this is, so this is 2005. Like, the dorms are over-packed, bro. <laughs> They're so <laughs> packed. There's so many fucking freshman kid kids that even, like, you know how each floor of, of the dorm used to have, like, a common lounge where, like, you can go chill, study, whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, the lounges were turned into rooms, that were being split between two, three kids because they couldn't fit all the kids in the space that they already had. That's kind of wild. And Drexel has such a high dropout rate 
like by my sophomore year, I would say half the kids that were in those dorms dropped out. They were gone. Because like, it wasn't for everybody because it, it was super fast. You know, you only get 10 weeks per quarter. Yeah. So we, we were on the quarters. We were on the quarter system. Like you get 10 weeks. Like I still remember like the first day I showed up to a class and like this teacher is just like, okay, have has, has everybody read the first three chapters? Because that was part of the syllabus that you should have downloaded and read like weeks ago. And I sh- I'm showing up like, excuse me, miss, who are you? Can I get an icebreaker? Can you fucking, can we share our life stories first before you give me these assignments? Like what the fuck is going on? Can we get an introduction? Can we... <laughs> Can you tell us what class this is? <laughs> Can you hand me a syllabus? <laughs> this lady's already sent out a syllabus like four weeks ago. You're supposed to have already bought the textbook, already have read the first two, three chapters. Come You're ready to have for a paper written. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the fuck is happening? And so like I had to catch on to that pretty fast. And I mean, luckily, like I was used to fast paced environments. So like I adjusted fairly quickly to that. But most kids were just like, yo, we can't keep up. Like, you get in week one, like week four, there's a midterm. Mm-hmm. Now week eight, there's another midterm. And then week yeah. 10 is finals. Right, right. Versus like regular universities that are on the semester system. It's like week, what, like week six or seven, you probably have your first midterm. Yeah, this sounds about right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and it's the same amount of material that they have to cover. Uh, you know, That's crazy. So it, it was it was pretty wild. But, um yeah, fun time though. It was a fun time. All I all I did was play Madden and play COD like all day, all night. <laughs> all day, I, all day, Yo, all see, night. I blame Hollywood for giving me a false representation of what college is <laughs> because you know I'm the oldest in my family, right? First one to go to college and yeah. don't know like what to expect. I didn't know like you know I had guidance counselors in high school, you know, giving me pointers and advice about and some like you know older friends who uh, would also give me some you know advice about certain things, but. They never give you like a full picture on like what college is, what you need to do, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah, yeah. And so there's a lot of like learning by doing and learning by experiencing. But, you know, Hollywood, it always shows you like, oh, people are partying all the time. People are always having, <laughs> you know, just having fun, hanging yeah. out. They, you know, go to class occasionally. But, you know, that at the was same time, Penn State, still, though. That's legit yeah. Penn State. Like those movies are based on Penn State because Penn State is such a party school. <laughs> but, yo, I get there. And it's not like that. Oh, really? <laughs> no. Not that campus. <laughs> yeah. No, but even University Park, too, you go out yeah. there every now and then. It was not the same. Like, it wasn't yeah. exa- It wasn't like that. And obviously, you know, when you're younger, never experienced something like that before, you don't have a baseline for, like, what to gauge that against. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, okay, uh, I guess this is how things go. I don't know. So, I don't know. I just... <laughs> I don't know. It was a weird transition for me. And in fact, actually, um, I had gotten into a different campus before I ended up going to that campus, right? So the campus that I had actually gotten into didn't have a dorm. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, well, Well, I live in New York, and this school is a good three, three and a half hours away. Um, I can't do that commute commute every day. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not trying to get an apartment. Like, a dorm would just be a lot easier because I don't want to have to, like, you know, try to find a roommate, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And then I end up luckily at the like a week before, two weeks before school was supposed yeah. to start, right? Got into this other campus, got a dorm at the last second. It was like uh, one of the sober dorms, like you know uh-huh. nobody on the floor could drink or do anything. Like n- nobody, uh, everybody was like like minded in that sense. And my mom's like, "This right. is perfect." And I'm like, "All right, cool." 
right? I didn't care. I just needed a place to live. Yeah. And, this reminds uh, me of that movie American Dizzy. Like, you get in, you, like, hang up a picture <laughs> of Gnanak Digi on the wall and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, every room came equipped with uh, an image of your, uh, your you know, religion's deity or whatever prophet. Yeah, guru. <laughs> You had to select it on the application form before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gender, age, religion, and then they customize your dorm according to religion preference. Yeah. <laughs> it's like internal decorating. I don't know. It was, oh, it was weird, my God. But. Shout out American Desi, man. That's all we had growing up. That was the only movie we had growing up. If you're listening to this and you don't know what American Desi is, what that movie is. Yeah. Don't slide. Yo, there was DMs. a sequel to that, wasn't there? <laughs> apparently, there was, but I don't. I don't think wasn't I saw it. Like it. ABCD or something. I never watched. It yeah, either, but, but apparently, it was trash. It wasn't as yeah. good. Yeah. Kind of want to go back and watch American Desi you now. I do too, man. It's like, hey, my name is Chris. Krishna Gopal Reddy. That's is you. That you? <laughs> <laughs> my name is Jagjit. <laughs> Yeah, if you're listening to us and you think, like, what the hell are these guys talking about, please go do yourselves a favor and go watch this movie. <laughs> I don't even know where you would find this movie. Like, honestly, you might Listen, have to... Download it illegally, whatever yeah. it is that you got to do, find it. It's called American <laughs> Dissy. Where would you... You would fucking need to find that shit on the dark web. Like, I don't even know where <laughs> you would find American Dissy. Yeah. Is it on YouTube? Like, do you think it's on I YouTube? I have no idea. We you could probably have to that. watch that shit, like, on 520p. <laughs> <laughs> There's bro, no DVD I of that when shit. I first that was watched on VHS, bro. It, yeah, that's what I was going to say. When I first watched it, it was on VHS. It was on VHS, my guy. And it, it, used, it was like the funniest movie back then. So weird. For me, know. that was, just, was the representation of college. Like, that's what I right. knew about dorm life and college life. Like, that to me, that's what I, I was expecting. I was like, oh, okay, this is what college right. is going to be like. Buy me a pizza? Buy me, <laughs> yo, shit, I forgot about that. Buy me a pizza buy you a pizza <laughs> oh fuck that was a great pickup anyway. line huh yeah Damn, man great. that was what 15 years ago Not 15 to put our long fucking years ago man yeah age uh, out there <laughs> oh no our age is already out there <laughs> yeah that's true uh, no nah, i'm not ashamed of my age um although if i was yo if i was born like 10 years later i would be such a famous tiktoker i wouldn't be rich because i don't think tiktokers get paid but yeah, they don't <laughs> i would be so famous on tiktok wait till i figure this shit out <laughs> yo i always ask this question like if you could go back in time and invent one thing that didn't exist like back when you were in like high school or something yeah what would you what would you invent easily facebook <laughs> facebook yeah same thing Bruh. <laughs> yeah easily facebook if you're saying tiktok you're too you're too young for this yeah <laughs> I don't think TikTok's making as much money as Facebook is. You, there's no ad, ads on TikTok yet, right? No, there isn't. So there's, I, I don't know. I don't no use revenue. it. I have no idea. They're, they're not in that stage of revenue yet. They're not even yeah. making any money yet. So. By the way, speaking and, of Facebook, since you brought yeah. it up, um, I don't know. So you, I know you are, are obviously well aware of this, but recently Facebook just launched Facebook shops, and I think Instagram shops is soon coming, right? That's, um, it already exists, yeah. Well, it's not not to the extent that like Facebook shops exist, right? So they're going to be creating like there's going to be an update within the app at some point where I'm sure they're gonna, there's going to be a separate section for Instagram shops. Wait, you don't have the update? 
No. Did okay, it already so, update for you? Maybe so, they're rolling it out slowly. It's possible. Right. So it's already, yeah, mine is already updated, and you're going to hate it. I don't know. So listeners, I don't know if you have this update or not, but when you get the update, you're going to hate it. I should love it because technically I'm I'm an e-commerce guy, and, and Instagram is the, the main sort of like hub for e-commerce or whatever. Mm-hmm. But on a personal sense, I hate it. So okay. what they've done is... Uh, everybody that has a shop basically um, they've they've Instagram has always had the shopping feature so like we've been able to tag products we've been able to um, show you which products we have and we've been able to link it to our Shopify site and like you can you can shop through the Instagram app that that has been around for a while mm-hmm. the newest update what it does is you know where you click on your recent activity to see who's liked your shit or who's commented on shit. Yeah. They've replaced that button, that exact same spot with okay. the shop button. And now every shop that posts up, you know, uh, photos or videos or whatever, uh, right. with links to products is showing up there. So basically like you're constantly clicking on that because that's where you're used to going to see your notifications. Mm-hmm. And, um, instead you're taken to the shop page and I'm like, fuck, like I don't want to shop shit, bitch. Like stop taking me there. So they just got away. Like they did away with the activity feed. No, the activity feed is now when you click on your own profile, there's okay. like a tiny little heart on the top right that you click on. That's where you can see who's liked your photos and your wow. acti- like your your recent activity and shit like that. So they're changing the entire experience altogether. They are basically magnifying the fuck out of shopping on Instagram. Like they are they're taking that to the next level. So over the next year, two years, few years, like this whole Instagram Shopify collaboration uh, is going to just intensify even more. I think that's why we, we talked about like when they released this update or when they talked about it, when the news came out, mm-hmm. Facebook stock jumped up like 8% that day. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't and be Shopify. surprised if Shopify stock did too. Yeah, it did, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So Shop- I think Shopify hit an, uh, their all time high that day. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm not even surprised. So this shit is just going <laughs> to yeah. get better and better. Um, I think I mentioned this before, but Shopify is going to have the biggest year ever this year in terms of the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, they did something like, I don't even remember, but something over $1.5 billion right. in, in sales just over Black Friday weekend. Just Black right, Friday right. weekend gross sales. So um, I was going to ask you, now that like you know Instagram Shops is live for some people, I guess it sounds like I haven't gotten it yet. Yeah. Um, but Facebook Shops is is definitely live for I'm pretty sure everybody now. Yeah. Uh, so it's you know prime peak season for shopping, right? Yeah. They're, they're primed for it. They're ready for it. It's, yeah. It's very obviously it's a great timing. Like the, yeah. The releases. Yeah. The release has. Been I wish they had done it slightly earlier so that we we had time to like really sharpen up the shops and stuff too. Though. Right. So do you? What is your advice now? Let's say as an e-commerce expert. Uh-huh. What is your advice? What gems do you have for our listeners that are, are out there who have their own shops or are thinking about starting their own kind of e-commerce site and right. maybe you know don't want to go down the whole Shopify route and have their own site but want to be yeah. able to leverage Facebook shops or Instagram shops? Like, what, what is your recommendation to them? Do you have any advice? 
that's gonna be interesting. I I don't know if there's gonna be a lot of people that are going to that are going to basically just launch their e-commerce on Instagram and Facebook, mm-hmm. and I don't even know if they will be able to. I feel like it's reserved for people that have business accounts that have existing online catalogs like they're they're either on shopify or squarespace or wix or whatever the fuck they're on um who the fuck's on wix i'm just kidding (laughs) you'd be surprised dude you'd be surprised i know some people i'm just (laughs) (laughs) um i think it's gonna be very interesting i was i was talking to somebody about this uh a, a few days ago um it is going to be the biggest year for e-commerce. I think I said this on one of the episodes before, and we said we would talk about it more, I think. Yeah. But yeah, um, what COVID did for e-commerce basically would have normally taken e-commerce another 5, 10 years in terms right. of the amount of people that have learned to shop online. Yeah. Exponentially grew over the last six months. And the right, amount right. of people that have grown comfortable with shopping online has exponentially they were forced into it basically like yeah. you know malls were closed shops were closed they right. they're used to shopping their money didn't stop they're used to buying shit and they just needed a new way to buy shit yeah. uh, even my mom learned how to use amazon like she's fucking ordering shit on there now like you know right, right. I, whoever thought that would ever happen like i never thought that would ever happen um <laughs> But, you know, she just didn't want to go to the grocery store for toilet paper. So she's like, I'm just going to order it on Amazon. I was like, right, all right. right. Um, but with that comes a few different things. One is a, a, an, ex, a, a, an exponential growth of shops. So your mm-hmm. competition is going to be a lot more this year. Like right. there's going to be a lot more people. Like for me as a brand... Like, yeah, I'm, I feel secure with the customer base and everything that I have. But, you know, if you're talking about the South Asian market, it's, it's got a cap to it. You know, like right. there's only so many South Asians in North America. Um, and yes, I may not have like any big, too many big major competitors. But right. for every 10 like small shops that come up that take a few orders here and there from me, you know, like like that, that's that's going to be interesting is like there's gonna be a lot more competitors right. everybody's gonna be trying to nibble at this big pie um my biggest advice is if you are setting up an e-commerce number one make sure you're on shopify like if you're not on shopify you're not doing it right like point right. blank period i know squarespace is cool whatever it's more design centric yeah. so if you're a designer like sure go with squarespace uh, if you're an artist, you can go with Squarespace because it's very centered around the aesthetic. It's not very product-centered. Shopify is very centered around the product. Like, hey, mm-hmm. you see this? You want it? You got to go get it right now. Like, here. Boom, boom, boom. Let me show you the product. Right. Um, if you've So, one, like, if you're going to set up e-commerce, make sure you set up Shopify. Two... Yes, I say this all the time and everybody says this all the time. Like setting up a store costs no money. You could do it. It's practically free, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. But the one thing that everyone forgets is the major expense you're going to have is customer acquisition. It Mm -hmm. costs money to drive traffic to your website. And if you don't have five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 to invest in acquiring customers, you know, just don't expect 
a crazy sort of holiday like season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, invest in training yourselves, whether whether you do it for free, like whether you just like one night don't don't go to sleep and just YouTube how to run ads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can learn this shit on YouTube. Like there's yeah. tons of resources out there. Uh, or you hire somebody to do it. You hire somebody to do it. There's plenty of digital marketing firms out there. Find right. find one that works for you, uh, uh, and that's going to be a big big expense. Cause and that's where this whole Instagram shop shop Facebook shop integration is going to come in big time mm-hmm. handy because um, people are going to learn to basically check out within within the social media app within Facebook within Shopify. They'll never leave Instagram technically. Right. That's what this is doing. Usually what happens is, what, what, what's been happening is people see your product on, on Instagram. They see it. They click, you know, maybe they'll do a swipe up or they'll click a product tag or whatever. But then they'll hit view on website and then it'll open up Safari or Chrome or whatever. Right. And it'll take them to your website and then they'll check out. So, mm-hmm. But what this is doing is basically keeping you in Instagram. Got it. So the product so is now hosted on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm hearing you say essentially for the listeners out there is there's going to be a lot of new entrants into this e-commerce world, creating a lot more competition. And if you have the finances or the capital to uh, spend on marketing, uh, customer acquisition, these are the areas that you really should focus on. Um, yes. Even if you don't have the capital for it figure out a way or learn how to do it on your own so that you don't have to outsource it or hire somebody else to yeah. be, to do it for you, right? Um, and, and I think those that's very sound advice, very valuable. Uh, so thank you for those gems. I, you know, it's... Uh, as somebody who runs, you know, an e-commerce company, you are definitely in tune with obviously what's happening in the market, but at the same time, <clears throat> you know, you're giving people the sense that anybody can do it, but you have to put in the time and effort to do it. It's not just like, oh, I started this and now I'm now I'm just uh, now I'm in, uh, on Shopify and I'm selling right. stuff. No, that's not how it works. Like, there's time, effort, money, everything just that has to go into these types of things. Yeah, and you have to really nurture it as opposed to just wait for you know things to pop off. One hundred percent. You have to make the switch from becoming from from being an artist or being a retailer to becoming a marketer that's the biggest switch that i learned i had to do like i had to switch brains between okay like i'm am am i just somebody that makes designs or am i a marketer and you have to switch your brain to become a marketer and that that's where and then i tell my clients when i set up shopify stores for them all the time i'm like look you now have a store great right work starts today like everything we've done in the past few weeks to build your store doesn't mean shit like your work literally starts tomorrow because now you have to figure out how to get people to your store i always give the analogy that your online store is like it is like it's basically like imagine if you were in a mall Mm-hmm. And your store is in that shitty fucking part of the mall that's like right. dimly lit. It's right next to the watch repair store. Yeah, <laughs> it's right next the to the dry cleaners. Are, yeah. <laughs> Nobody comes to that part of the mall. You're you're right. not next to the Chick-fil-A. You're not next to Foot Locker. Just the you're low not traffic next to Macy's. Areas, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so now you have to figure out a way to drive people to your store. 
So that means if you have to stand in the middle of the mall and hand out postcards and say, hey, please come check out our store. Or if you have to put up billboards in front of the mall, right. outside the mall, then that's what you have to do. Like, So as somebody, you know, as I mentioned, like you, you're, you are somebody who runs an e-commerce company or, or business. What would you, if you were to quantify the amount of time you spend on, you know, marketing versus design work, how would you split that? Like, is it 50-50? Is it 60-40, 70-30? Like, where... Mm. Like, where do you see yourself mostly kind of spending your time? I think as, I, as a well-established brand, I'm talking about, not yeah. like a, as a new brand. I think I learned <clears throat> over the years that I need to spend more time marketing a design rather than constantly designing more stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what I learned is that designs can have a much longer life than you imagine if it's marketed correctly if it's mean, marketed right? correctly Got so it. like a lot of people and this happened to me early on in my career where yeah. i would spend a lot of time designing things and i would like come up with like these dope ass products and i'd be like wow i spent months working on this mm-hmm. and this collection is finally ready and then i would upload it to the website and i'd be like all right bitches it's up go buy it right and then I would see like one order, two orders, three orders, and I'd be like, oh, fuck. Like, I really thought I would sell out in the first week. And then that would get me so discouraged and so disheartened because I'd be like, wow, I put in six months worth of work into this shit. But what I don't realize or what I didn't realize at the time is that nobody cares or sees that work. Right. And They just want to see the finished product. Yeah. And the thing is, a design can last six months eight months if you give it the same amount of time that you gave it um a product can last longer if you give it the same amount of time you gave it when you were creating it right so like instead of giving up on it the day i launched now what i do is when i launch something i give it six months and constantly keep marketing that product Mm -hmm. and i can and i can see the results where i'm like yo this shit is selling consistently now because now right. i've been promoting it non-stop yeah. for six months like i'm yeah, still selling dafaho masks which i launched three months ago right. every day and to your credit like you know you because you and i have such a close relationship one thing that you do often is uh, when you come up with a new design or a new idea you always send it to me and go what do you think right right and i'm sure you do that with other people as well but what what this does is it allows you to get a pulse on how people would react to it before right. it launches, right? Yeah. Um, and and that's a big that's a valuable tool or valuable asset to have in terms of having trusted sources that'll give you that feedback, right? Right. And it's a, it's a good idea as a you know if somebody's coming into this business and is starting a new sh- new shop or whatever it is, do these types of things where you're collecting feedback on the things that you're producing mm-hmm. before you put them out there for you know mass consumption, right? Yeah. Or for for, for sale or whatever. Because and it doesn't matter whether you're selling stuff or if it's mm-hmm. you know your your product is something else, right? Right. Even music, <clears throat> like I mean, like Fate exactly. does that. Fate Fate sends us music before he launches, and he'll be like, "Yo, what do you think?" With like, a questionnaire and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and that's that's what I'm saying, right? Like you have to treat these things with the utmost care, and like you just have to make sure that you're looking at all of your products, no matter what it is. Everything is a product. I look at everything as a product, right? Tangible 100%. or non intangible. Yeah. Um, if it's if it's consumed, if you can see it, if I can hear it, if I can smell it, if I can eat it, like whatever it yeah. is, it's a product, right? It's a product, and, yeah. And <clears throat> when you when you think about that, um, you want to make sure that 
the feedback, the reaction, the opportunity for marketing, the opportunity for sales, the opportunity mm-hmm. to improve on the product in case there's you know poor feedback that's given or whatever right. it is, right? Like sometimes fonts don't always look the best or color com- combinations don't always look great. Right. Whatever it might be, right? You're going to get that feedback before you actually launch. And now that's just saved you so much time and effort trying to market something that will not sell. Right, right, right. Exactly. It's trial and error, man. It's so much trial and error. Uh, right. And that's why like being an entrepreneur is not for everybody because right. nine times out of 10, you're failing. And yeah. dealing with that failure you know, is really fucking tough. So it's not yeah. for everybody. It really isn't. Like, yeah. I, 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 I know this like firsthand because, you know, I've, I've constantly been faced with that failure. Like, oh shit, this I thought was going to work, didn't work. This I thought was going to work, didn't work. You know, like you guys see and hear about the brands that are successful that I'm running like Roots Gear and Half and Half, but you don't hear... <laughs> about the brands or the websites that I've launched that have <laughs> failed. Like, did you know I had a brand called Love More Brand in 2014 that basically was only alive for like six months and then it yep. died? Yeah, uh, I did. <laughs> I did merch for another really big urban desi artist that I didn't really share yep. uh, with anybody. That came out uh, earlier this year and flopped. Like, legit face palmed, not face palm, but face planted. Like, yeah completely flopped i i've i've done um a couple other things you know that people don't hear about but you have yeah. to get used to failure, failure. yeah and this you is where gary v failure. is great like make sure you follow gary v huh <laughs> you can't succeed without failure right you this cannot is- yeah, right? absolutely and, cannot. Yeah. and it's a testament to any entrepreneur, no matter what business they're in, right? You're, you will always fail on some level, whether it be large, whether it be small. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, people fail so largely that they have to drop the, the idea altogether and do something completely different. It's okay. Right. Yeah. You know, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to start a new business, your risk appetite has to be very, very high, right? Yeah. You have to be able to be willing to take risk and then to be able to accept the reactions from the, that risk that you've taken now. 100%. Um, it, it's it's honestly a tough place to be it's a tough kind of um endeavor to take on and yeah you know like you said like you really need to have the stomach for it and if you don't have the stomach for it you know yeah, chances you are can. that you're not going to last very long in the game or you know which with whichever industry you end up doing uh yeah. business in um no i think th- all of this is extremely valuable advice and you know we we talk about these things regularly right and the yeah. idea is that uh you know, from not just the podcast, but the idea is to be able to share the wisdom that you know both of us uh, have collected along the way of our lives or in our, yeah. our, our, our uh, you know professional experiences and things like that. So, first of all, yeah. let me say thank you for for giving of all course, this advice because yeah, yeah, even Anybody for somebody like me, there, yeah, yeah, like even for somebody like me who's not necessarily going to follow the same path, like getting into e-commerce, yeah, you know, it's valuable information to know because when you're out there looking at brands that you want to support is you have to be able to understand the effort and the plight that goes into every little thing behind right. that brand, right? right? It's not just, oh, this company made this shirt and I like that shirt, but oh, I don't like that shirt and now it's either a good brand or a bad brand. Right, Think right, about right. the amount of time and effort and care that the person who launched uh, whatever business it is put into it and consider that prior to you know yeah. passing uh, judgment on a, a one specific product, right? Yeah. Um, when it comes to your own friend circle, people are doing all different things. 
you got to support them. You got to figure out ways that you can actually say, you know, provide value back to them. Either you're doing it through, you know, buying something and supporting them financially or, right. you know, you're giving them advice or giving them your feedback, whatever it might be. Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. And, and the reason I say that is because now that the shopping season is coming up and the, the major shopping season, it's going to be a very interesting time with COVID, with the holiday season, with the way people are reacting yeah. and responding to all these different things and products that they're going to be seeing on, on now Facebook shops, Instagram shops, mm-hmm. Shopify, whatever it is. Yeah. It's it's going to be a whole you have to have a whole new outlook on um, how you're purchasing, you what you're to, purchasing yeah. and why you're purchasing. And you have to, if you're an entrepreneur, you have to have learned how to adapt to this. Um, like if, if you didn't adapt quickly in March, April, you missed out because May, April, May, June was a huge splurge, big, big spike in shopping, basically. Yeah. Uh, and if you didn't basically uh, adapt and and you weren't ready to take advantage of that now's your time to basically get ready for the big holiday season to try and take advantage of that um but yeah i mean you i I think you always love uh hearing or 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 learning about the shit that i that i that i uh, talk about in terms of e-commerce because you're just a you're a student you love learning this stuff because it it applies to literally anything and everything like you know the knowledge is the knowledge is always um uh, useful no matter what you posted something today i wanted to talk about uh um about you being in the music game for for Mm -hmm. about two years now yeah uh what sparked uh did something big happen or what what sparked that post like uh, or was it just like random or what um a little bit of all of those things, I guess, all of the above to an extent, right? Uh, I wouldn't say anything significant happened. It was just kind of like, you know, I was thinking about like, it's, it just hit me because it's now September that yeah. it's been uh, almost two years. Uh, like, I don't remember the exact date, but it was September two years ago when I started doing this. Right. Um, and I just said, you know what? I don't often get a chance to celebrate things like that. Yeah. Um, and so for me, you know, being that it's like a, something I do on the side, essentially, you know, it's something that I really just wanted to share because I feel like, you know, similar to your story, similar to a lot of people's stories, you know, Gary Vee preaches things like this all the time. There's other, you know, people that speak about these types of things. But for me, it was just like, you know, I never really got an opportunity to really celebrate something that I was this passionate about in life. You know right. what I mean? And so that was for me a huge milestone that, wow, I've been doing this for two years and I've gotten so much out of it. Like I've learned so much along the way. I've learned so much about the business. I've learned so much about how like production works, how the like the uh, negotiation of contracts work, how you build and create new relationships with artists, producers, music supervisors and music executives, you know, whatever it is. There's so much that I've learned along the way. And I felt like, you know, this was a good opportunity for me to, you know, take a step back look at it from the outside in and say okay well look this is what i've been through over the last you know two years or whatever um you know it wasn't like a self-promotion self-promotion thing at all i really did not for like wanted to uh want the post to come across that way no (coughs) i mean so that's not it i i I think uh, one first of all congratulations like that's fucking awesome like you've been doing Thank this you. two years for those of you that don't know Summit is doing A&R work uh, in the music industry no. uh, you, you said something in the caption that I was like oh shit like I know like obviously I've known but like for, <laughs> for the listeners 
So yeah. he talks about, someone said, like, many people don't know this, but within the first six months of this journey, we were shopping a song to Drake. And I remember thinking, did I peak too soon? Tell, first of all, let's stop there and you tell me that story. Oh, like, man. okay. So six months <laughs> into you, basically, like, you were like, fiddling yeah. around with this idea you're like okay maybe i'm doing some anr work for for some producers yeah. and, and whatnot and then so yeah essentially somebody like I drops much, the d word yeah yeah um i wasn't expecting it so uh the the story behind that is essentially uh you know i think i've we've i've spoken about it on the, on a previous episode but you know i'm aligned with the, with this producer named jazz Feezy who's based up in uh, Tor toronto area or canada whatever yeah um and he does a lot of work with, you know, artists like Drake, Ariana Grande, Cardi B, you know, like the yeah. top commercial mainstream -list artists. artists. Yeah. And, you know, the area of his business where I help him is more on the TV and film side. Right. So what I essentially do is I look for new talent to work with and build that relationship uh, so that we can start recording music on behalf of TV shows and Hollywood movies. Right. right. Um, which is where jazz is a uh, very uh, he's become a very prominent producer from that angle as well. Okay. Um, so I had come across an artist that I thought was amazing. Um, and we, and I, or I, we started creating the relationship with him and sent him some, you know, beats and he recorded a few demos for us. One of yeah. the demos he recorded, we said, we were like blown away. We're like, wow. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is, this sounds exactly like something that Drake would want. And yeah. at that time, Drake was working on his now forthcoming album, which is expected to be released at some point this year. Right. Um, and so we knew what kind of sound he was working on because, like I said, Jazz has a relationship with Drake. Yeah. So we had found this artist, or I had found this artist, and we had started working with him. And um, when he recorded the demo, Jazz was like, you know what? Let me send this to Drake. And this is without my knowledge. Right. He hadn't told me this yet, right? Yeah. It wasn't until after he sent it to me that he told me, I thought this was a, like a great record and I sent it to Drake and he's considering it. Hopefully he'll listen to it and, and think about it and maybe he'll buy it and use it right. for his new album. Right. And I'm, I'm thinking what? <laughs> That's <laughs> like, crazy. Are you, are okay, you just so like, yeah. Explain one thing to me. So if Drake buys it, what, yeah. what does he buy? I know he buys the instrumental, the production from jazz. The production. But does he also buy the lyrics? The lyrics from the yeah. artist? Oh, yes. okay. Interesting. So essentially he's buying, buying the rights to the song, right? right. Okay. Which means that if I take the rights, now it's my song. So right. he can then write written by Drake. He doesn't have to give written by credits or what? No. So work? the songwriter who initially wrote the song, Will uh -huh. also get he'll get credit as a songwriter. Oh, okay, and he'll gotcha. get paid out as a songwriter as well. Gotcha. Right? Okay, okay. But gotcha. now what's going to happen is, as opposed to the songwriter, like you know, going forward continuously getting royalties and stuff. Right. Uh, he's he's got paid like, out first. Exactly. Oh, he's been paid gotcha. out. It's outright. Exactly. Um, Interesting. So that's how that works, and, and like these are things that I learned kind yeah. of along the way that yeah, you know yeah. of, this, of this journey, and you know I've been lucky to be ha to have somebody like Jazz who's helped guide me through yeah. certain things as well. Um, but yeah, that's essentially how that happened. And, you know, that's I was crazy. just excited to, you know, first of all, like I wasn't expecting it to be, you know, sold to Drake, honestly. Right. Um, <laughs> but just to be able to say that we have his ear and that we have the ability to send him stuff and him actually listen to things. Right. Like that's a, that's a big thing, right? And it's a big value. Yeah. It's like Drake is one of my favorite artists of all time, you know, right. and, and I'm sure that's true for a lot of people out there. Yeah. Um, so for me, this was like, holy shit, is my dream coming true? Like, this quickly yeah. you know yeah. that kind of thing <laughs> um and, and it felt too good to be true but at the end of the day you know what you realize is that 
when you're on a path, you don't know where it's going to take you. And that's yeah. kind of the exciting part of it. Right. Um, and being this is uh, being as this is something I do on the side, you know, this was like, wow, like this is this is amazing. Right. 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 Um, right, right. Exactly. Uh, and so that's kind of how that happened. And that's essentially the story behind that. Nice. Um, but I, I do want to talk about something not related to that post, but sort of. Uh, so obviously, like I mentioned, you know, we do a lot of work with TV and film. And, and the reason I'm right. bringing this up right now is because, you know, we're hitting the 55 minute mark on this episode. So <laughs> I do want to I do want to say one thing yeah. about this. No, go for it. So because we work on a lot of Hollywood movies, uh, one of the movies that we had been uh, recently trying to start working on or, or had started working on rather uh, is Black Panther 2. Oh, right? shit. And now, obviously, uh, I'm sure by now everybody is aware of the uh, untimely passing of Chadwick Boseman, yeah, um, who was diagnosed with colon cancer in 2016. And I went back and actually looked at how many movies he shot between 2016 and 2020. Yeah. And most, the major, I think the most of his more iconic roles, right? Like Thurgood Marshall, <coughs> excuse me, Thurgood, Thurgood Marshall, um, Jackie Robinson. Right, yeah. the the baseball player who broke the color barrier for Major yeah. League Baseball, right, yeah. and obviously Black Panther, right, the yeah. first black superhero on film. But he was also in um, Endgame. Endgame, yeah. I mean, there's uh, there's Civil a lot of War. a lot of great movies, yeah. Yeah, right. so many, so, yeah, in, in, within the Marvel universe, within the Avengers he has, universe, and he's stuff had too. so yeah. many iconic roles between the time that he was diagnosed and between you know crazy, his passing bro. unfortunately crazy respect for this man man such a sad yeah. sad such sad news that came to us uh last week um every time a creative person passes it feels different uh i think because sumit and i are creative people um not to say we're not as uh, yeah I guess I don't know what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is like anytime <laughs> a creative person passes, it hits yeah. different right. because that because we realize that what they've been able to achieve in terms of their impact on the world and their impact on industries, their impact on people right. is what we're constantly trying to achieve. Right. Right. And you so know, you, it, that loss just feels like a bigger loss at times. Yeah. I feel like, you know, a lot of times you'll see these types of characters, these actors portray certain characters on screen. And yeah. you know, the idea of these people, these actors becomes larger than life. Right. Yeah. And so when it happens like that, like Kobe Bryant, when he passed, you know, he might have right. been like a amazing basketball player, yeah. but still a human at the end of the day and larger than life because not everybody has access to people like that. Right. Um, but point being here that, uh, the one thing I did want to talk about, though, is because he was diagnosed with cancer and he was going through treatments between shoots, between films, getting surgeries done. Insane. He had, you know, and I'm sure you've seen posts about it that he was getting, uh, you know, called a crackhead or called, uh, you know, yeah, XYZ he was getting names bullied and names because he was getting, you know, losing significant amount of weight right. and looking like, you know, very weak. You know, nobody knew that he was what he was struggling with because he didn't come out and talk about it. And that's what I think really tr shows in um, what his true character is, right? Yeah. I think a lot of times what happens is like, that's so you know, true. when you I hear about, about an that. actor, um, you know, or or even anybody, right? Yeah. Comes out and says there's that they're suffering some type some from some type of illness. Yeah. They end up being defined now by that illness, by and that people illness. people look at them and they think, oh, that person has whatever, right? Like right. look at Magic Johnson. They're like, right. oh, that person he has HIV, right? Right. 
you don't always think about the fact that he was once one of the greatest basketball, uh, greatest right. point guards to ever play the game. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. It's they get defined and classified by this Ill, illness that they're now battling. Yeah. And I think there are people out there who are like, "Oh, that's so fucked up. Like, why did he say anything? Why he never mentioned anything? Like, first of all, why does he need to? Right? Yeah. Just because you you know portray your entire life for everybody to consume as an actor does not mean that there's personal aspects of it that you can't keep to yourself. Right. right. And two, this whole idea of being defined by that. Like, I feel like, especially in Hollywood, mm. there, I, I do believe there's a bit of a stigma where it could affect, uh, I guess it could potentially affect your ability to get certain roles. 100%. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, if you're getting, if you sign, like, I don't know how much the contract was for Black Panther for Chadwick, uh, but, like, if you're about to sign that big of a contract and, and, um, Marvel is like, oh yeah, we just found out that you have cancer, so we we're gonna have to think about this again. Like, if I'm Marvel, I am gonna yeah. be skeptical about the ability of this person to perform the way I need them to. Once yeah. I know that they they're battling cancer, you know what I mean? Right. And so, yo, the amount of strength he's shown in the last four years, the amount of resilience and perseverance he's shown, and just like integrity like at any yeah. point when he was being name called he could have come out and just been like hey guys fuck you like i'm battling cancer don't right. you feel like shit now like yeah. he could have done that but he didn't he took the higher road like that's just the character and the personality and the value system of that man is just impeccable um and uh, it's, it's just, a great loss exactly um, for everyone. huge loss for everybody um, you know somebody who went to a historically black college speaks on a lot of social issues or spoke about a lot of social issues um, mm -hmm. that and he's, he speaks so eloquently I don't know if you've seen these videos of like him making speeches at like different universities yeah. or even just making generals like at the Grammys or not Grammys uh, Oscars yeah, right, yeah, when they, yeah. when he was accepting the award for uh, Black Panther like, he's just a very eloquent and, and yeah. smart person right and you know to to lose somebody who has that capability and represents something so iconic for not just black people but just people in general yeah. right like yeah. he just he's, he's just a very sound mind yeah uh it's for me like it was a huge loss you know i got the news on friday the day it happened my brother actually texted me i was at a fantasy football draft yeah um, it was tough man I'll, yeah i was on my way to hang out with some friends like, right. like, and i was just like fuck like this is terrible terrible yeah. news 2020 fuck you seriously <laughs> this is just a fucking and, you know, terrible we, we year. also don't mean to end this episode now on a on a somber note but i think you know these are things that are worth talking about and bringing light these yeah you know you, you got to bring light to these types of things these issues are, yeah. are more important than us um and so we you know we, we want to talk about it not just because it's news but because you know yeah. it has impacted us in different ways and uh, i feel that a lot of people can share in that sentiment and i, I think that's important too so anyway yeah um yeah I, I think close I, it out so yeah i think we're gonna close it out here uh we want to thank you guys for joining us uh if you're going back to school we wish you the best of luck this school year be safe uh, um if you're entering the job market in this crazy ass climate uh we wish you the best of luck if you are yep. Uh, entering the e-commerce space or the retail space as a uh, entrepreneur we wish you the best of luck as well um we hope everybody out there is staying safe staying sane i know like going on what six months now is that is that right 
Yeah. Um, the, I, I know my energy is all sorts of fucked up because I'm, I'm a big people's person. I'm a big mm-hmm. social butterfly. And not being around people all the time is bugging me out. It's throwing me off. It's throwing off my creative energy, my motivation, all of that shit. So it's challenging times for everybody. Everybody's facing all sorts of different battles. Uh, be nice. Be kind to each other, to, to random people, to, to everyone in general, man. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to close it out. We want to thank you guys for constantly tuning in um, to listen to us talk. Uh, we hope that you enjoy our conversations and you continue to listen to us. Um, and that's it for this time. Thank you guys for tuning in to yet another amazing episode of yet another podcast. Your boys, Sabbath Dunman. We're out. Peace. Peace. Classics. Classics.